It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, you know the deal. Washington Cowboys, Bills, Patriots, and Browns for about a month. Check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. I will be giving away, I don't know, one or two Madden codes tomorrow, I think. So make sure you're following at Ross Tucker NFL so you see how you can go ahead and get a glorious Madden code right in time for the holidays. The star of this show is Joe Dolan. I make no bones about it. Big fan of Joe and everything he does. At FG underscore Dolan. He is the fantasy gangster. His site is amazing. Fantasypoints.com. So much information. It's almost overwhelming for the best price. And you get even a better price if you use the code 22FEAST, which is incredible. Joe, you know me. I don't like to dilly-dally. I like to get right into it. Thursday night. Las Vegas Raiders, who I believe are maybe becoming Joe, um, a narrow fantasy team. That oh, you- they are they are narrow as hell, Ross, and, and they're playing the L.A. Rams, who are dead in the water, by the way. Um, so right now, the Raiders are uh, essentially it, one of the best strategies you could have had for DFS basically all year is have one of Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams in your lineup, if not both. Um, and obviously for season long, that's a big, uh, that's a big advantage as well. Now the Raiders, there is one thing that you need to note: both Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are eligible to come off of IR this week, though. I don't think at least Waller will be activated, but that is something to keep your eye on, uh, because the Raiders have been a narrow fantasy team, but Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's nothing else I can say. These guys are at the top of their positions and you know, it almost feels like in a way, Renfro and Waller being removed from this offense, and and I had many many qualms about how Josh McDaniels was using Hunter Renfro, too many deep routes and stuff like that. But it almost feels like removing them from the equation has simplified how the Raiders have done things, and they've just decided to get the ball in the hands of their good players and look at what's happening. They actually are allied in the playoff hunt. So the Raiders are a very simple fantasy team for me to analyze, and there's really nothing um, – too too wild that I can say about them. Now, on the other side, the Rams signed Baker Mayfield. They claimed him off of waivers. They literally apparently sent him a, a playbook that he could read on the plane. And there is insinuations that he could play on Thursday night. If he starts this game, I will be floored. He's not uh, playing. He's like, no. I mean, a short week and a new offense, no. I think John Wolford will play. There's major concern about Matthew Stafford. But when I look at this club, you know, at the very least, like I was thinking, ah, Kyron Williams, they're going to be playing from behind every week and they're going to check the ball down to him. He doesn't catch a ball last week. Doesn't catch a ball against the Seahawks. Uh, Cam Akers scores two rushing touchdowns. Good luck with that. Uh, If you want to play Cam Akers, at least he was the lead back. Van Jefferson, two catches for 39 yards from Wolford. Ross, it's week 14. If you're in anything but like a 16-team league and you're counting on an L.A. Ram in your lineup, you are in 
major trouble. Major trouble. This team, look, flags fly forever. That's why they made the trades. I don't think they take them back. But they, but uh, Uncle Bingo's here. It is time to pay the check for the L.A. Rams. The bill has come due. Jets, Bills, maybe the game of the day, at least one of them, Joe. Yeah, um, look at the Jets statistics in the passing game with Mike White at quarterback. Garrett Wilson, the last two weeks, 13 catches for 257 yards and two touchdowns. Garrett Wilson is averaging 20.3 fantasy points per game when Zach Wilson is not the starter versus 8.4 fantasy points per game when Zach Wilson is the starter. Garrett Wilson is looking like this year's version of Amon Ross St. Brown. That guy that you were holding on to for eight weeks, probably got dropped in some leagues because of his potential. And now all of a sudden, the quarterback is here to unlock that potential. He looks like a league-winning player at this point. And I, he is a must-start to me. Now, here is what is interesting uh, in the backfield. James Robinson with the healthy, healthy scratch two weeks ago. And the Jets clearly like Zonovan Bam Knight, this UDFA out of NC State. His big role, this is per the athletic, is expected to continue even when Michael Carter returns from injury. And why wouldn't it be? I mean, he's been, since Brees Hall went down, their most efficient runner that they have employed. The bad news is, by our rush grade at Fantasy Points Data, this is the worst run game matchup of the entire week. I wouldn't be stunned if Mike White is dropping back 50 times and throwing the ball with alacrity in this game for the Jets once again. Love Garrett Wilson this week. Elijah Moore was close to a full-time snap share in the slot against Teron Johnson, which is the best. It's not a great matchup, but it's the best matchup of the guys in this secondary. Elijah Moore is going to be a very popular last man in in DFS lineups this week, given his low cost. Joe, how many points do you say Garrett Wilson's averaging without Zach Wilson? Garrett Wilson is averaging 20.3 fantasy points per game without Zach Wilson and 8.4 with Zach Wilson. Wow. More than double. Let's talk Buffalo Bills. The most interesting thing to me about the Buffalo Bills is the usage of James Cook. Now, in week 11, his role increased, and then he had a down game on Thanksgiving against the, the Lions. And then in week 13, he's coming off the best game of his young career. He paced the Bills' backfield in carries with 14, catches, scrimmage yards. He had 105 yards from scrimmage and fantasy points on a season-high 43% snap share. And it looks like the Bills are slowly starting to trust him more. As I'm, My guess is, look, they spent a second-round pick on James Cook. And when you spend a second-round pick on a running back, That means, it doesn't always work out this way, but that means your club, that club views this guy as a starting running back. Devin Singletary is a free agent after this year. The Bills look like they're looking to James Cook's fresh legs to give them a little bit of a spark on offense because, as you well know, Ross, Greg Cosell's been on your podcast saying, we think of the Bills as this, like, hyper-talented offense because they have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. But outside of that, 
it's a bunch of bit players. You know, the reason we were in on Gabe Davis for fantasy wasn't because we thought Gabe Davis was going to be some superstar. I mean, there were definitely some things I said about Gabe Davis that I wish I could take back. But because he was tied to this offense. And I'm wondering if they view James Cook as somebody who can join into this offense and give them a little bit of juice that they don't have from their second and third receivers or from their top running back or from their tight end, just something that gives them an explosive player at another position. I wonder if that's how they view James Cook right now. Hmm. Interesting. We got the Browns and the Bengals, Joe, and Sean Watson could not have possibly looked worse or rustier. Yeah, he was terrible. And I mean, look, he hasn't played in two years. I, I, I mean, what am I going to say? Like, I, how how often do we go with a guy going like two years between snaps at the quarterback position? Even Peyton Manning, when he returned in in uh, in twenty thirteen with the uh, with the Browns or with the um, with the Broncos, even Peyton Manning. Uh, or 2012 it was, he had he had gone less than two calendar years because he played the entire 20 uh the entire 2010 season. So this is this is unprecedented. And we saw Deshaun Watson doing Deshaun Watson, uh he was uh, you have to be careful with how you phrase things, obviously, in this awful situation. He look, Deshaun Watson was up to his old on-field tricks in week 13, running into pressure. The Texans pressured Watson on 50% of his dropbacks last week. That is the highest rate the Browns have surrendered all year. And if you watch Deshaun Watson playing in that game with what little of it they showed on the Red Zone Network, he was running into his own pressure. And even at his best, that has been a, a, a problem in his career. So I'm, I'm presuming he's going to be a little less rusty. But this is a matchup. Cincinnati's been getting a little bit more pressure. I don't love the matchup for Watson uh, in this game. Yeah, you're you're playing Amari Cooper, and Donovan Peoples-Jones has some serious upside. The problem is, right now, as as we talk in week 14 of 2022, I cannot say that. I'm not saying this is the case next year or the year beyond. Right now, I would trust Jacoby Brissett for fantasy more than Deshaun Watson because of what we saw out of Deshaun Watson in that game. He could come out and light it up this week, but he was terrible last week. Terrible. And that forces me to downgrade this entire Cleveland offense. Bengals look pretty good on the other side, Joe. Yeah, and here is what's really interesting. The Browns' run defense has been getting absolutely crucified in recent weeks. Damian Pierce was averaging like a yard per carry over the last two games, and he had a solid game last week against, and solid's about as good as you can expect from the Houston Texans right now. What is notable, though, is that the Bengals have gotten a fantastic performance uh, in each of the last two weeks from Samaj P. Ryan. P. Ryan has averaging 82 yards on the ground and 42 yards through the air in his two starts with Mixon out with a, Joe Mixon out with a concussion. And you wonder, Joe Mixon was getting borderline bell cow work. Is that going to continue in this matchup against Cleveland? And I'm not sure it will. So while if, if Joe Mixon plays, I think you have to suck it up and play him in this matchup. But I think Samaj P. Ryan still has some flex appeal. No doubt about it. And then, of course, T. Higgins is back. T. Higgins, you start him every week. And Jamar Chase, 
if he was rusty ross i didn't see it led them in targets receptions and catches eight eight targets seven catches 97 yards and there should be more targets coming the way of those guys in tyler boyd with hayden hurst dealing with a calf injury flex appeal you like that ross that is awesome big big fan of flex appeal big fan by the way of rocket money it's so funny because I've seen the TV commercials, but now that they're sponsoring the podcast, I am all over this. I needed this. It's basically just an app that lets you manage your expenses. More importantly, easily cancel unwanted subscriptions, which we all need to do because we all have some subscriptions that we don't really need. And they'll negotiate and lower some of your expenses. Same place where you're tracking them, all in one place. It is awesome they can lower your bills up to 20 percent most americans spend up to 200 hours a month on paid subscription you get the free trial you forget to cancel that's how they make so much money sign up for an account connect your bank account your credit card see all your subscriptions transactions on one screen cancel unwanted subscriptions with one click Stay on top of upcoming expenses. It's amazing. Make sure you check out Rocket Ads, Rocket Money. I just got the Rocket Money app on my phone. You should do the same. It is amazing. Big fan of the Rocket Money app. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big fan of talking with Joe Dolan about the Houston Texans, the aforementioned Houston Texans, and the Dallas Cowboys. The Houston Texans are starting Davis Mills in this game. Um, I don't know what the, the purpose was to going to Kyle Allen. He They got worse quarterback play. I mean, maybe that's the point. The Houston Texans are the overwhelming favorite in the Bryce Young sweepstakes right now. Um, but Kyle Allen was so bad that they couldn't in, in they couldn't justify to the team on the field that to, to keep going to him. Um, whatever the case, though, it's the Houston Texans, Davis Mills, Kyle Allen, Der- David Carr, Brock Osweiler, Matt Sean, I don't care who you're putting back there, against this Dallas pass rush, say a few prayers. Um, Damian Pierce is a low-end flex to me, low-end RB2 this week. Nico Collins salvaged his day against Cleveland with a garbage-time touchdown last week. He's the only receiver I can play here. Brandon Cooks, there is no incentive for him to play through any sort of nagging injury. Houston is one of those teams that at this t- stage of the year, I understand there's six teams on by this week, which makes makes things complicated, but they're one of the cross-off teams where if you're counting on them, kind of like the Rams, you're probably in bad shape unless you just have one guy in like the final spot in your lineup. And this week, if it's if I need a guy, it's probably Nico Collins, and that's about it. As for the Cowboys, Joe. I expect the Dallas Cowboys, they are 17-point favorites in this game. The Texans have one of the most exploitable run defenses in the NFL. I expect the Cowboys to turn around, 
hand the ball off to Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and get the hell out of Dodge with a victory. That's what I expect the Dallas Cowboys to do in this game. I'm not telling you to bench CeeDee Lamb, but I would pull back from expectations on Dak Prescott in this game just because of the nature and the projected game flow. And heck, if you're playing like single game DFS slates, short DFS slates, you want a, a long shot touchdown bet, whatever. This could be the kind of game that Malik Davis gets in in the fourth quarter and rips off a touchdown run. That's the kind of game I'm expecting from the Dallas Cowboys. They are going to blow out the Houston Texans. I know there's any given Sunday in the NFL, but 17-point lines, we don't see them very often. This one is justified. How about the Vikings in Detroit where the Lions are favored? Yeah, the Lions are favored. And, you know, the Vikings continue to be – I saw Aaron shots of, of pro fo- uh, excuse me, football outsiders tweet that the Vikings were the first, I believe, the first 9-2 and two team with a minus DVOA which is basically their catch-all, how good is this team metric. Not perfect, but uh, but certainly has been effective in recent years and off-sighted. They were the first 9-2 and team with a negative DVOA, and now they're the first 10-2 and team with a negative DVOA. So the analytics have been, for lack of a better term, Vikings fans, I am not. I am just the messenger here. I already know that you've uh, you found the sources of these. The analytics... Um, Guys, the analytical market, the betting markets have determined that the Minnesota Vikings are frauds. What that does not mean is that the Vikings are not a legitimate Super Bowl contender because they are 10 and 2. You can think it's a fraudulent 10 and 2, but if you're 10 and 2, you're in basically cruise control towards a playoff berth. And if you make the playoffs and you've got players like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on your team and TJ Hawkinson, you've got a shot to make the Super Bowl. But the betting markets do not view the Vikings as 10-2 and two good. That is why they are underdogs here against the Detroit Lions. Why did I go on that spiel, Ross? Because I never have anything interesting else to say about the Minnesota Vikings. They are, and have been for years, one of the great fantasy teams because they get the ball to their good players. They've done it under Kevin O'Connell. They did it under Mike Zimmer. They did it when Brian Billick was the offensive coordinator there. I mean, you want to talk one of the great fantasy offenses of all time, look at the 1998 Vikings. John Hansen waxes poetic about that, telling people to draft Randall Cunningham in the last round of their fantasy drafts that year. They've been that way for years. They're going to continue to be that way. You start them all. It doesn't matter. If the analytics think you're frauds, Vikings fans, because you're already 10-2 and and you can keep winning football games. Detroit's defense, by the way, has really, really uh, shored itself up in recent weeks. Maybe firing the defensive backs coach was a catalyst there. Do want to point one thing out. I am not telling you to bench Justin Jefferson. But Jeff Okuda shadowed Justin Jefferson in week three on 80.5% of his routes per fantasy points data. He held him on his primary coverage to three catches for for 14 yards. I would anticipate Jeff Okuda will shadow Justin Jefferson again in this game. What about the Lions on offense? How about the Detroit Lions? Uh, They finally got uh, DeAndre Swift off the injury report. And 
he was a top three fantasy running back on the day. Unbelievable. Well, that was uh, that was on the main slate until Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott went nuts uh, in the later games. But on the main slate, top three running back, DeAndre Swift, had his best game since like week one. He's back to being an every week starter for me. This is what I wanted to see. He was playing through something. And the Lions, by the way, it is a narrow, narrow path. But they do still have playoff hopes. DeAndre Swift is one of their best players. You're starting. Jamal Williams continues to be start-worthy. The Minnesota Vikings, if you're looking for a quarterback to stream this week, well, I think Jared Goff is somebody that I would be considering. Why is that? Because the Minnesota Vikings have given up 300 or more passing yards in four consecutive games, including in the last two, to guys named Mac Jones and Mike White. Jared Goff is going to get it done in this matchup, and Jared Goff is going to get it done by throwing the ball to Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I've been asked a little bit about Jamison Williams. He ran one route this past week. The problem with Jamison Williams is they they wanted to get his feet under him, which is completely understandable. I'm not knocking the the Lions for doing that. But the problem is you probably can't start him this week because why would you start a guy who ran one route and hasn't caught an NFL pass last week? So the first time you're going to start him is week 15, and that's if he goes off in week 14. The pathway to Jamison Williams being fantasy relevant this year is narrowing by the second. He is certainly looking like more of a 2023 bet at this stage. Let's talk Giants-Eagles, Joe. Um, The Giants, the, the problem is they just don't have firepower. And, you know, Darius Slayton, it's kind of amazing how he was buried by multiple coaching staffs and then has just kind of been like, all right, they need me. I'm going to show them how valuable I am. The problem for Darius Slayton is this matchup against the death bros of, of uh, Darius Slay. Oh, this is oh the Darius Slay versus Darius Slayton matchup. Uh, and James Bradbury. The Eagles also could get slot corner Avante Maddox back from IR this week. And look at what the Eagles just did to the Tennessee Titans. The Titans lost Traylon Burks early in that game, and the Eagles just completely stifled them. Like, oh, we're not afraid of their passing game, so we're just going to pin our ears back, come after Ryan Tannehill, because nobody can get open, and then we're also just going to shut down Derrick Henry. The Eagles' game plan, I would anticipate, to be very similar against the Giants. You cannot bench Saquon Barkley because of his role, just like you couldn't bench Derrick Henry. But don't be surprised if Saquon Barkley ends up having a similar-looking day to what Derrick Henry had against the Eagles last week when the Eagles held Derrick Henry to 30 yards on 11 carries. I would not be shocked at all if that's the case. Not a great spot for Daniel Jones, although he's really been getting it done with his legs. So if you want to look at that fact that he ran for 71 yards against the Commanders last week and the fact that the Eagles gave up uh, 34 yards rushing to Ryan Tannehill, maybe that convinces you that uh, Daniel Jones is a worthwhile stream. Um, but ultimately, I mean, this is this is about this is a nightmare matchup for the New York Giants. Hopefully they get some of their offensive linemen back this week, but um, it's not looking good for the Giants this week. What about the Eagles on offense? So Jalen Hurts, Ross, I want to throw a fact out here for you. 
Did you know that Jalen Hurts is the first running back in NFL history to throw for 380 yards and three touchdowns in a game? All that talk last week. Oh, is he really playing quarterback? Yes! He's playing quarterback. He is receiving the ball from the center, sometimes in the shotgun. Sometimes he sticks his hands under his butt there and gets the ball. Sometimes he hands it off. Sometimes he throws it. Occasionally he'll run it. That is the definition of quarterback in in American football. And he's a damn good one. And the Eagles, I think, can win in any way they want to. And I think it's going to look different this week than it did last week against the Titans. Titans had an elite run defense. So what did the Eagles do? They dropped Jalen Hurts back 40-plus times, and he shredded them through the air. The New York Giants run defense, not so hot. They let Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson run for 135 yards last week. I think Miles Sanders, who had 10 carries for 24 yards against the Titans, I think this is a Miles Sanders game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not telling you to sit A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, who are putting up massive numbers right now. Certainly not telling you to sit Jalen Hurts. But I think this is a bounce-back game for Miles Sanders with the Eagles' touchdown favorites on the road against a run defense that has struggled this year. The Eagles can beat you in any way. They will attack a defense's weakness. The Giants' weakness is on the ground. Ravens. Steelers. Ravens have a new quarterback. Is is this uh, this somebody we should have in our DFS lineups at DraftKings? Tyler Huntley? He's going yeah. to be very popular on DraftKings. And I'm going to tell you one one thing. Tyler Huntley is also going to be popular as a stack with Mark Andrews. Over his 220 pass attempts over the last two seasons. Shout out to Graham Barfield, by the way, for this stat. Huntley has targeted Mark Andrews 26.8% of the time. That would lead all tight ends outside of Kyle Pitts in target share. And Kyle Pitts' target share doesn't matter because Atlanta throws the ball four times a game. So Mark Andrews and and Tyler Huntley is going to be a popular stack. And hell, it might be the only two players on this offense worth starting. This is a really bad offense right now. They couldn't run the ball last week. Gus Edwards was atrocious. So they went back to Kenyon Drake. J.K. Dobbins could be back this week. I want no parts of this backfield. I want no parts of this receiving core, except with the exception maybe of Demarcus Robinson, um, who caught seven passes for 41 yards. Maybe you can throw him in there as a wide receiver three with six teams on by. But Tyler Huntley, going to be a popular streamer. He can run, scored the touchdown last week against Denver. Um and, and I think it's justified. Just don't expect a massive ceiling game because this team does not have receivers right now. What about the Steelers, Joe? So Mike Tomlin is an old school coach. And George Pickens, and I think rightfully so, was out there hooting and hollering that he wasn't getting targeted. He caught just one pass for two yards on two targets against the the Falcons last week. Pickens is hooting and hollering about it. And Mike Tomlin says, you know what? We want that guy. This is professional football. I'm not going to make that a negative. That's what he told reporters this week. Mike Tomlin is the kind of coach I like because I feel like I can read him a little bit. I don't feel like he's trying to deceive us. I don't feel like he's trying to lie to us. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a grease the squeaky wheel game for George Pickens. I would not be shocked at all. And over the last five weeks, the Ravens left corner, Marcus Peters, 
is giving up 0.48 fantasy points per coverage snap, the third most among 105 qualified NFL cornerbacks per fantasy points data. That would be the primary, not the exclusive, but the primary matchup for George Pickens in this game. I would not be shocked if George Pickens gets going a little bit in this one. Um, I think there's going to be a directive from Kenny Pickett to get the ball to George Pickens' hands. And I think that's the case this week. And, and by the way, just not for nothing, Najee Harris, it looks like all week he's not going to play. He practices on Friday, doesn't even get a game day designation, and he continues to play his best football of the year. It, it was kind of empty calories against Atlanta because he only caught one pass and didn't score. But Najee Harris came out of the bye off whatever, the, that foot injury healed. Maybe he went and he had a vision quest in the Sonora Desert. I don't know what happened. But somebody told him, Ross, like you said last week, go forward. And he realized, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And all of a sudden, he looks like the kind of foundational back you can build a run primary team around. We don't like empty calories, Joe. We like delicious calories like you get from Labatt Blue Light. Not too many. It's a light beer, but it's so tasty. No better way to set your fantasy lineup. No better way to watch the Thursday night game or the weekend games than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in your hand. Stock up. Be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. We wrap up episode one, Joe, with the Jags and the Titans where there's some debate about trevor lawrence absolutely uh doug peterson said it's a foot injury for trevor lawrence and he is day-to-day his status is up in the air um look here's what matters about that game last week for the jaguars they got their asses kicked by the lions they lost 40 to 14 what matters is trevor lawrence returned to that game and played and maybe he doesn't play this week maybe he doesn't play next week i don't care What that means is he did not suffer the kind of injury that is going to require a long rehab process that will stunt his growth in the second year under Doug Peterson. That is all that matters with Trevor Lawrence coming off of his best stretch of football uh, of his young career. That that's all that that should matter for Jaguar fans. And Unfortunately for them, if C.J. Beathard has to go in this game, who's, who, by the way, is a professional backup quarterback, it's not, you could do worse than C.J. Beathard. The Titans have an elite run defense, as we saw against the Eagles last week. Are you going to attack downfield the way you should with Beathard? I think Doug Peterson's going to recognize that that's where you beat the Titans after what he saw his former team do. But you probably have to downgrade Christian Kirk Zay Jones, Evan Ingram a little bit if Beathard goes in this game. Travis Etienne, you probably got to suck it up and start him. Just don't expect a whole lot against this Titan run defense. On the other side, Joe? Here are Derrick Henry's last four games against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 19 carries for 159 yards and two touchdowns. 25 carries for 84 yards. 26 carries for 215 yards and two touchdowns. 29 carries for 130 yards and three touchdowns. Now, none of those games came under this new coaching staff, but Derrick Henry, I would presume, is going to get going again this week. 
after what we saw De- uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams do to the Jaguars last week. So this is going to be a game to get Derrick Henry back on track. The only other time, there's one guy I do want to mention. I'm not saying you start him this week, but I, I do want to mention him. Um, first and foremost, we got to check the status of Traylon Burks, who is really emerging. Roth, I have no idea how he held on to that football. Incredible. Against the Eagles. I mean, it was great coverage. It was a great throw by Ryan Tannehill. The young fella got knocked out cold by the hit, and he still hung on to the ball. Um, Traylon Burks has scored two touchdowns in the NFL, and I can't imagine either one went the way he envisioned it. A fumble recovery in the end zone and then suffering a concussion while managing to miraculously hold on to a ball. I just hope that kid's okay because he's become fun to watch for the Titans and their offense completely changed without him. Now, the other guy I want to mention from the Tennessee Titans, look, we have been looking for tight ends to stream all year. It is the worst year for tight ends I have ever seen, ever. A gentleman on the Tennessee Titans has five straight games of 31 or more receiving yards, and he just caught a career-high four passes. His name is Chig Aconqua. He's a rookie out of the University of Maryland. Ross, did you ever call any of his games? No, I did not. Rookie out of the University of Maryland. He was a fourth-round pick. The reason Chig Aconqua was a fourth-round pick is because he's small. He's 6'2", 244 pounds. That is small for a tight end. He looks like a running back out there, really. But he makes explosive plays. And this is a guy to really keep your eye on for Dynasty. And if Traylon Burks cannot play this week, I think Chigakonkwo is absolutely a viable tight end streamer. You know, if you're streaming tight ends, you can get a zero from anybody. You can get a zero from Hayden Hurst. You can get a zero from Tyler Higby. You can get a zero from Noah Fant. Just because these guys have more track record and bigger names then Chigakonkwo doesn't mean that maybe you take a shot on this young rookie who is earning more trust coming off a career-high 58% snap share against the Eagles last week. That's somebody I might have some interest in in a deeper league. This is the show that's so nice we do it twice. going to be a shorter episode, too. There's only one, two, three, four, five, five more games to go through. Three late games, a Sunday nighter and a Monday nighter. That will, we will hit on episode two. It will be in your podcast app shortly after midnight on Thursday. Stuffed. It's time for dessert. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.